image of gold. Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold whose height was 60 cubits and its width 6 cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. And King Nebuchadnezzar sent word to gather together the satraps, the administrators, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. So the satraps, the administrators, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the officials of the province gathered together for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald cried aloud, To you it is commanded, O peoples, nations, and languages, that at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery, in symphony with all kinds of music, you shall fall down and worship the gold image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. So at that time, when all the people heard the sound of the horn, flute, harp, and lyre in symphony with all kinds of music, all the people, nations, and languages fell down and worshipped the gold image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Therefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans came forward and accused the Jews. They spoke and said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery in symphony with all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the gold image. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. There are certain Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these men, O king, have not paid due regard to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the gold image which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in rage and fury, gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up? Now if you are ready at the time, you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery, and symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made, good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury, and the expression on his face changed towards Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated, and he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, and their turbans, and the other garments, and were cast into the midst of the fiery, burning furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent 
and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king. Look, he answered, I see four men loose and walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning, fiery furnace and spoke, saying, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came from the midst of the fire, and the satraps, administrators, governors, and the king's counselors gathered together, and they saw these men, on whose bodies the fire had no power. Their hair of their head was not singed, nor were their garments affected, and the smell of fire was not on them. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him. And they have frustrated the king's word and yielded their bodies, and they should not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Therefore I make a decree that any people, nation, or language which speaks anything amiss against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut into pieces and their houses shall be made an ash heap, because there is no other god who can deliver like this. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. From Daniel 3 God appears audibly or visibly throughout the Bible. Theologians call these manifestations or appearances of God a theophany. Approximately 600 BC Babylon was a preeminent power in the world. It was a great empire and they were conquering, deporting, and exiling professional classes of Israel, including the artisans, scholars, government officials, and military officers. These classes were forced to live in Babylon, a strategy of subjugation through assimilation. The idea was that any country resisting the rule of Babylon was to make sure the professional classes grow up in Babylon. This way, in a generation or two, the people will assimilate and adopt the standards and values of Babylon and forget or lose their own distinct cultures and beliefs and values. Therefore, the exile will cease resisting the claims of the Babylonian Empire. The image of God that Nebuchadnezzar forced people to bow to most likely represented multiple religions, cultures, and gods. In essence, he was saying to the people, it's okay to worship your God, but you must worship mine as well. King Nebuchadnezzar most likely permitted privatized worship of any religion, but in public worship, one had to worship his God. What made Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego great men of faith is that they were not afraid to stand up for their God in publicly. Without a doubt, there were Jews in the land who still worshipped the Lord, but they did it in private, while in public they bowed to the king's idol. God is calling for warriors to stand up publicly for his name's sake no matter how much negative stigma may be attached to the name Christian. In the Bible, fire is often a metaphor for trials, tribulations, trouble, and suffering. What truths can we extract from suffering and why we go through so many trials? Job 5.7 reads, But man is born to trouble as sparks fly upward. 1 Peter 4.12 reads, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. Truth. Suffering is inevitable. 
In our culture, we sometimes subconsciously believe that we are suffering because someone is doing something wrong. While this is sometimes true, it is a fallacy to believe it is always true. Some people think to themselves, I've lived a good life and my life is filled with suffering. But if we look at Christ, he lived a perfect life and his life was filled with unbelievable suffering. So why should we get a pass? We might endure our suffering with more grace and peace if we could get over the surprise or shock that we are actually suffering. If we accept trials as a normal part of life, we may not be as dismayed. Truth. Suffering will relate to your character like fire relates to gold. 1 Peter 1, 6-7 reads, In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials so that the tested genuous of your faith, which is more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Passages like Psalm 66.10 and Isaiah 48.10 and so many more speak of God's refining process through testing us with afflictions. I once heard a story of a silversmith describing the purification process. The silversmith holds the silver in the fire. He holds it and watches it carefully. How does he know when the silver is pure? When he can see his reflection in it. That is when he pulls it out of the flame. God holds us and watches us carefully as we go through trials. He never lets go. And when we see our character grow into his likeness, that is when we are ready for our chosen purpose. In the end, we will see him and be like him. We will be pure. See 1 John 3, 2-3. Do you want to know who you really are? When you know your heart, you can bypass so many messy life decisions and bad relationships. Knowing who you are allows you to know your strengths, weaknesses, and limitations. Do you want to be a sympathetic, compassionate, and empathic person? Without suffering, you will never know true compassion. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our afflictions, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. And if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. Our hope for you is unshaken, for we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. 2 Corinthians Suffering creates a profound trust in God that can be achieved in no other way. It is true some people get bitter and have great difficulty recovering. But when we encounter great trials, we learn to put all our weight on Him. And in this we eventually find a divine peace like no other. Finally, do you just want to be wise about your life and about life? Then you need suffering to get you there. There is no way to know who you really are until you are tested. There is no way to fully trust God until you are drowning. But now thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, He who formed you, O Israel, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through waters, I will be with you. 
and through rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flames shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt as your ransom, Cush and Sheba in exchange for you. Isaiah 43, 1-3 Through the text, we learn that God will walk with us through the furnace if we trust Him to. But you will only feel God walking with you to the degree that you understand He has already walked through the ultimate furnace for you by the cross and His crucifixion. Once you begin to let this reality sink in, you will feel Him with you in the smaller, cooler furnaces. Jesus agonized and sweated drops of blood in Gethsemane, his near view of the furnace to which he was about to be cast on the cross. Every other religion besides Christianity teaches that living a good life of some form leads to some form of prosperity. Christianity makes no such promise, but Christianity does promise that God will be with us. If Jesus suffered so much steadfastly for me, most certainly, I can steadfastly endure for his name's sake. It may be hard, but we are promised a peace that surpasses all understanding. Dear Lord, make us courageous men and women of faith, children of God who will stand up for your name's sake and walk in the furnace, regardless of whether you save us from the flames or not. For we know our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us a glory that far surpasses our greatest imagination. Let us be men and women of inspiring and courageous conviction. In Jesus' name, amen.